welcome back to the Back in Style podcast, the Twisted Mug Media Network's Twin Peaks podcast. Matt, how are you doing? Oh, Logan, I'm doing well. <laughs> it's good to be back. Oh, it's good to be back. Um, so I guess a little update from us. Uh, this will actually be the second episode of, like, I guess a, another run of episodes. Um, yes. Because we did one, uh, episode five um, of season two, which was... Um, uh, episode title is um laura's secret diary yes that's right laura's secret diary uh we recorded that and then did not release it <laughs> um so that'll be released probably i don't know sometime like the week of december 16th mm-hmm. um maybe december 16th and then this one that we're recording right now demons um this will hopefully be like probably the week of christmas probably um yes. so merry christmas everyone and merry christmas. Uh, i think hanukkah also begins on that monday or tuesday so happy hanukkah as well happy hanukkah um, and, uh, happy whatever else you want to celebrate. Of course. Um, we are, we are an inclusive podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so but as yeah. for us today, we are celebrating Twin Peaks because it has been so long right. since either of us have, uh, seen an episode or analyzed it together. Um, like we said, the episode that will be released December 16th, the week of that was a pre-college episode, uh, but now we're jaded and uh, in college, and we're back and yeah. analyzing demons. Yep. Uh, yeah. So we're we're both just an update from us. We're both back from our first semester of college, um, doing well. Hopefully, I don't know. It it's it'll be kind of tough to try to do this, but we might be able to try to get some episodes out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, during this next semester. That would yes. Um, but that's kind of just kind of our explanation of why we haven't done anything. Yeah. At busy, all. Busy men. Yeah. Um, but. We're going to try to get a decent amount of uh, season two done during this break. Or, um, and at least we will get through episodes seven, eight, and nine, which Logan refers to as, like, the the golden trio. You know, this is – if this were uh, – if these three episodes were a movie, it would be his favorite movie of yes. all time. I think I've heard him I say. I think so. So uh, I'm more than excited to yeah. finish up with this so that I can go home and watch <laughs> yep. episode seven and yeah, begin yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. No, no. Um, brilliant stuff. So um, I uh, – God, I, I forget how to podcast. Uh, it's been so long. It's been so long. Well, um, usually this is the part that we would transition into pulling out the old um, wrapped in plastic book, but we have some sad news about that book. <laughs> I took the book to college with me and have not brought it back. Ah. But I'm not the only one to blame. Matt forgot his microphone at college, so we're using a lender from our friend, Ryan Foote, yes. who you all know very well. Yes, we all know and love. Mm. Um, but that's all right, because we have IMDb and the general internet. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. So I guess uh, with this, I will begin with... This is a, a shorter plot summary than mm-hmm. we usually have, but um, this was written by Anonymous on IMDb. Oh. So, Enjoy. James and Dinah reaffirm their love after he saves her and Maddie from Harold Smith's angry attack, but are forced to leave Laura's secret diary behind. Cooper informs Ben of his rescue of Audrey from One-Eyed Jacks, and Truman identifies Jean Renault as the mastermind behind the whole thing. Later, Gordon Cole, Cooper's boss, arrives in Twin Peaks to assist Cooper's investigation and to help the mysterious one-armed man who holds a clue to the uh, identity of Laura Palmer's killer. this is this is riddled with typos, so if I ever pause, that's why. He's not messing up, we swear. I'm not floating. Um, Cole also delivers a, a chess move message from the fugitive Wyndham Earl. 
Uh, meanwhile, Bobby and Shelley bring the catatonic Leo home from the hospital t- to care for him, but they are disappointed of the low amount of insurance money they get. Big Ed continues to deal with the crazy Nadine and her superhuman powers, while Jonathan threatens Josie that he will kill Sheriff Truman if she refuses to return to Hong Kong with him. Josie then demands the insurance money for the sawmill from Ben, who gives her Mr. Tojimura's $5 million check. Interrogating the one-armed man, Cooper withholds his medication, uh, where... Where Mike... Okay, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Mike emerges... Mike emerges, oh, who gives them information mm-hmm. about the evil spirit killer Bob, Laura Palmer's killer, who inhabits a person that lives in Twin Peaks. And um, that is our plot summary. Our, uh, our substitute for the essential wrapped in plastic mm-hmm. by uh, John Thorne. But, yeah, I mean, obviously it had been a while for uh, either of us mm-hmm. um, watching this episode. Uh, but it was especially difficult for me since it's my first time watching the show. So prior to this recording, I mean, I went back and watched the previous episode and kind of familiar, re-familiarized myself with the context of this episode, mm-hmm. re-immersed myself. Every, it's like every single time I like step away from Twin Peaks and then enter back into it, it's like, it's like all right, like I got to prepare myself. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm entering into the world of Twin Peaks. It's not like a show. It is like the world. And as soon as like I hear that intro, it's like, oh, I'm in. Like, exactly. I'm in deep. Like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I love the fact that the, the show is named after a place because, mm-hmm. you know, entering into Twin Peaks, getting back into Twin Peaks, it's not just like getting yourself back into the show. It's getting back into the town. Yeah. Um, just remembering what it's like rather than i mean you know you can pick up on the things that are happening but yeah it's it's a very yeah it's yeah. like i always think of like the the opening of the shining when the car is just driving through the hills to the overlook hotel that's what i feel like i feel like i'm just driving and then like oh i'm in like you know like it's just a journey to twin peaks yep. Yep. Uh, but oh this episode is fantastic so it starts right where we left off um yes uh previous episode ends on the cliffhanger we're at harold's house right harold so um donna and maddie as a as a refresher donald donald did i say donald <laughs> donna and maddie uh had this whole plan to get laura's secret diary from harold smith's house and harold comes out and finds them and he uh we think that he might be about to hurt them and instead he turns this garden trowel on himself and and scars his own face yeah watching the previous episode a, a second time so was there like some sort of red substance on that like was, rake before because either like they just it was a slip up because it's so obvious you see the red on the rake yeah. before he does it yeah there's very obviously like some kind of red paint on the yeah, rake i don't know <laughs> uh, first i mean yeah and then he, he that's what that's what puts it on his face and then i think at the beginning of the next episode the one that, the one that we're reviewing right now i think in, at the beginning of this one, there's, like, some kind of... I think they do a little bit better with the prosthetics. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just red paint. It's, it looks a little bit more like actual, bit actual yeah. scars. So, um, But, yeah, still a, a very intense scene from Harold. He's ranting, and he's mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I thought you were different, but you lie and betray me just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of feel bad for the guy, you know? Yeah. It's like, you understand they would want the diary, but, like... I don't know. It's like, man, like this this reclu- this reclusive guy. And I don't know. It's kind of sad, but yeah. but at the same time, like he's kind of creepy. And yeah. Like I don't know what's going on with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's just like he's been a shut in his yeah. his whole life apparently. I mean, he said he was from Boston. Like I don't know. I would I would just love to know more about his story. 
like I a, a Harold yeah. Smith spinoff Ooh, series. Yeah, might not be that interesting since he's in his house the whole time. <laughs> the old, but we never leave. <laughs> it's like you know, it's like, it's like the Obi Wan series that they're apparently making, which is after the prequel trilogy. So he's just in hiding the whole time. I get, yeah, on yeah, Tatooine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you know, that would, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, so while Harold is ranting about this, James kind of breaks in and. The knight in shining armor and mm-hmm. saves uh, Donna and Maddie. Yep, and they try to grab the diary as they leave, but uh, Harold holds on to it. And I love how when they're running away, like James is just booking it, but she's like, "No, no, no! Like, like we're fine. Like as soon as we leave, we are fine. Like, he, exactly. like he can't chase us out of his house." Right. Yeah, because there's cool. a moment in the last episode where Donna like tries to lure him out. That's and he, right. He, he goes crippled. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes crippled. It's like he's. Um, now it's like he's a, like a vampire in the moon or something. Yeah. So Harold, yeah, right. As you said, Harold kind of keeps the diary. And um, once Maddie goes away, James and Donna are there alone. And James says something that I loved. <laughs> he says, it's like if we could put our hearts together and just keep them that way forever, we'd be safe no matter what. <laughs> I mean, oh. the... The ridiculous amount of melodrama that's in these scenes. I kind of forgot how, because it's Twin Peaks is equal parts comedy, surreal comedy, uh, soap opera, just like, just like, uh, uh, return, what is it? Invitation to Love. Right, right. I, and a horror movie. And especially in this scene, because, um, because Donna, like, falls down in his arms and right. he, like, scoops her up and it's like, oh, my it's God. It's almost like satirical <laughs> soap opera. I don't, I don't know, like, comedy. when it's being satirical and, what, like, like in <laughs> right. terms of the James and Donna stuff. Because, like, the other stuff you can tell, like, all right, this is, like, we're just goofing around here with the right. Cooper stuff. Yeah. But, like, with James and Donna, there are points where I'm like, I don't, because it, it, like, it feels so serious with that music. You know what I mean? Yeah, with J- with James and Donna... Like, do you can you provide some, like, Lynch insights on this? Like, do I, you know? <laughs> I have no idea. I just think... I think whenever there's, you know, the, like you said, like, the serious music underscoring that, I'm, I want to believe that that's, like... Th- that's supposed to be really genuine, and then... Uh, just you and I starts playing in the background. Just James, <laughs> it's song in this episode. It yeah. is in that episode. And as oh, soon as it starts mind. playing, I just think, you know, this can't possibly be a serious scene. Um, I don't know. That's that's like part of the charm of the show. I, I know guess. it is because I I love it nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I, I just that's and it's not just with James. It's mostly with James, but also I think yeah. some of Josie's stuff. Uh-huh. And, and it's not That's just the other it's not just the line. It's it's the delivery of the line. Yeah. It's how, you know, <laughs> cuz like there are equally cheesy lines in the show. They're just not mm-hmm. delivered by James. <laughs> right. Everything's so slowed down and um, oh, imagine Cooper's dialogue in James's hands. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, right. Damn, it would, fine. He would he would murder it. <laughs> no, oh god. He, he would yeah, I I do not want to see oh, that. He would slaughter it all. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it really seems like some, uh, Hayden Christensen level. Oh, it does. Acting <laughs> it here. Does. This, the, the drama that, like, the James shows to Donna is kind of like Anakin and Padme. And, uh, <laughs> it is. Attack of the Clones. It is. Um, uh, we're t- talking about Star Wars almost exclusively right now, I guess, because, <laughs> I guess, because Star Wars is about to come out. Rise of Skywalker is heavy on our minds. It will already be out by the time this is released. Yes, it will. So that's actually really exciting. Really we're going to have to review that for CTP. Oh, we will. Along with a few that oh. we've, um, 
you know, falling behind falling on behind in the DC them. universe, yeah. especially Shazam. Um, <laughs> right, Shazam. Yeah. Well, that was the only DC movie this year, so we're fine. Well, Joker though. Oh, oh, dang, that's oh, the big one. And I listened to your okay sidebar. I know. Okay, no, yeah, I, we're, we're talking about all of the um, Twisted Mug shows you except for Back it. in Style. You loved right it, right? Now. I loved Joker. Oh. And uh, oh. if if you listen to Matt and Ryan's. Um, movie journal scathing <laughs> Matt gave a scathing review oh. I forget what you gave it but it um, like a, I think you might have given it a B minus yeah but I might go lower because I saw it a second yeah, a third time or a second oh. yeah second yeah yeah because you said you were going to try to see it again and that might yeah, change I your did. mind um, yeah oh my thoughts on the movie have soured even more. <laughs> mm. I'm so surprised you liked no, it. I, and I, I know Brendan it. will love it. I'm yeah, sure Brendan yeah. will love it. Oh, I'm going to be all of them. It's going to be Last Jedi all over again. Oh, no. oh my God. Oh, no. I swear. <laughs> well, you know, the character of Joker um, has a lot of demons. Uh, mm-hmm. And just like the episode title, demons. Ah, Let's get back to yes. this. Um, so there are uh, like some shots of the woods, some shots of owls. Um, owls. Owls are still coming back. That's I don't know. Thing. We haven't really... Uh, the importance hasn't completely been explained, but yeah. we're getting some more of them. Um, so Cooper kind of carries Audrey into... I believe this is the bookhouse. Um, yeah, we, well, yeah, because we see these two randos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm, they're bookhouse boys. Yeah, they're bookhouse boys. And he's with Hawk. Um, he kind of carries her in and... Um, Another really melodramatic scene where she's going, yeah. I, I prayed... But her, I think her acting sells oh, it. It's better. way better yeah. than James Marshall's. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, she's she's like completely delusional here. That's the thing. In, in this scene, she's supposed to be like drugged, and that's why she's well, like yeah. so slowed down and like out of it. James is just that way all the time. Yeah, he's forever <laughs> high. Um, I always forget that there is like the whole uh, the criminals. It's all like a, a drug trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, area and I forget that like oh everyone um, you know Jean Renault and Black they're all doing heroin right. <laughs> like oh dang <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> yeah that's a big that's a big part of the yeah the show but I mean she kind of the way she's talking is like like can you catch me like I'm falling I'm sinking mm-hmm. whatever I, I very much so very much yeah so. yeah that's a, that's an interesting scene that she's she's telling Cooper that she prayed and her prayers came true and uh, no, he just found the note and decided to investigate. But mm-hmm. uh, Harry and Cooper, right? So Harry and Cooper, they figure out that um, Jean Reno was using Audrey as bait for Cooper. Um, yes. And Cooper says something interesting. He says, "This isn't the first time that he's put someone in danger by doing what he had to do, as like as a lawman." About oh oh Cooper says this. Right. So I'm wondering what your thoughts on on that kind of cryptic statement are. Yeah, so we've heard, like, Cooper briefly touch on his past. I believe at the shooting range he mentions a woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I forget exactly what he says, but, like, kind of talking on, n- n- not necessarily, like, a dark past, but, you know, kind of like a, you know, uh, like a, like a, like a, Jake in Chinatown type of thing. Like, oh, like, I tried to save someone once, but I just ended up making it worse. You know what I mean? Right. And this, like, haunted past type deal. So I don't... I don't know. Because then we get Wyndham Earl later on. Yeah. And, wait, so he's... If we could just jump ahead and explain to you Wyndham mm-hmm. Earl really quick. Yeah, so Wyndham Earl... I th- I believe he was mentioned before in yeah, the series. Yeah, I think he was, but I just forget. Um, he's Cooper's former partner. Okay. Who, I think they just say, like, he went insane. Yeah, so um, we also have that as, like, a different element of his past. So right. I don't really... Yeah. 
So yeah, so uh, there's a scene later we can definitely touch on. And, this and it makes sense with Cooper's character because I mean he is extremely benevolent, super kind guy, and it mm-hmm. makes sense that he would go out of his way to help someone and things could go awry. Yeah, yeah, and so from here Cooper goes to meet with Ben Horn um, mm-hmm. to kind of tell him what happened. And Ben is acting really weird in this scene. Mm, tense scene. Very tense scene. And he also doesn't ask about Audrey at all. Yep. Like, Cooper's like, uh, I was able to make it back and, like, with the money. And then, like, they just don't mention Audrey until mm-hmm. Cooper brings it up. Yeah. Till Cooper's like, by the way, Audrey's back too while you're, you know, fondling your money f- money-filled briefcase over there. Yeah, and because at this point, Cooper knows that... Ben set him up? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he must know. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, there's that element of the scene. And then I think it's also Cooper um, kind of kind of kicking himself and be like, I know I shouldn't have done this and dealt with this sleazy guy to mm-hmm. begin with. I think he's mad at that. So I think it adds yeah. to his resentment of And then at the end, they hug. It's this tense really, hug. It's a really it's like, awkward hug. It's awkward, yeah. It's, like, embarrassing, yeah. this hug. Yeah, and it was, like, this scene where I was like, oh, like, Ben is a sleazy guy. Yeah, Ben's yeah. Ben. Like he he's been very goofy and comedic and kind of silly in the past, but like oh he's ugh, he's sleazy. Yeah, he's he's getting like it's just going darker and darker for mm-hmm, for Ben, I mm-hmm. think. Um, so after this scene, um, Leo is coming home. Uh, Shelly and Bobby are welcoming home. Yeah, um, it's just this is the party. This is not the party yet, but we can just wrap that in with this because it's not really. Oh, this is the, the guy. Yes, yeah, so this is the guy who comes in. Um, but the, the <laughs> last episode had the bit with like the the chair and Mr. Pinkle room. is flying around the room. Yeah, um, with his diet soda. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but this is the guy who's oh my god, I'm so proud of you two, you two kids. And then yeah. he hands them the check, and it's not what it's, they were. Expecting they were expecting five thousand and seven hundred. Yeah. Um, I also just love the huge contrast here between like um, you know Bobby and Shelley like. They they were really hoping for five thousand dollars, and I was gonna like change their change their lives. And meanwhile, Ben is like negotiating this deal with Mister Mister um, Tojomura. Yeah, and um, he's like for five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like it's just there's such a difference there. Yeah, um, I like putting like these scenes right next to each other because mm-hmm. it just it really show, sells you on like the contrast. That is true. Um, I think. W- um, we'll get to this later at the other party scene, but mm-hmm. um, one of the most the the most chilling aspect of this episode is Leo, in mm-hmm. my opinion, and just him that that stare, that haunted stare head as he just sits in his wheelchair. Ooh, I don't like it. Oh, it's scary. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the scene, he like groans. Um, and... Oh, okay. So it's the the whole party scene is is in this part. You know, uh, that's still further ahead, but let's just we skip ahead to Okay, that. yeah. Yeah, let's just talk about this. Yeah, so, so a yeah. full-blown party for this guy. They've got mm-hmm. the kazoos, they've got the cake, and oh, he's just... And they, it's creepy, they put the sunglasses on him, yeah. and the party hat on, and he is just sitting there staring ahead the entire time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, they are being ignorant. They're, they are about to have sex in front of this They're, man. Yeah. And then, oh, man. <laughs> and then Shelly's, you know, gets a little creeped out once, oh, he, once yeah. he moves yeah she's she's laying right down on the so. table and it's kind of like this sideways angle of leo and you just see a bit of a a bit of a groan and yeah. a bit of a move oh it's creepy it's so weird how they have the kazoo in his mouth while he's slowly i think that's such a good idea to it's get the, the breathing oh i love that um there will be a scene in the next episode where there's kind of 
I, I don't want to give away too uh-huh. much, but like there's kind of a, a repeating sound that keeps going through the scene and it's really like disconcerting. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Oh, it's, um, um yeah. It, like I, and even just the idea of this, like I was trying to imagine like if you have uh, a, a, what, what a crazy idea, like an abusive husband <laughs> who then is in a coma. He then half, um, have to take care of who was in your house mm-hmm. who was confined to a chair can't move can't really speak yeah but you know he's there yeah. that is terrifying i agree that is so scary i agree oh um and like you said this show is equal parts comedy mm-hmm. and uh horror because so. this scene wraps out with him getting his face thrown <laughs> into the cake right yep <laughs> so ridiculous he mm-hmm. be- and Bobby comes and pulls pulls his head up by this long greasy oh, ponytail. Oh, I saw that. I was like, "Oh God!" Yeah. yeah right. For, for those of you who don't know, Matt Matt has got pretty long hair. So oh, it's sure it's grown a lot. Sure, you were some. Yeah, yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. Yeah. So I'm sure you were. How long has it been since you got that? Uh, I got it trimmed uh, before prom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, we're it's a year and a half. Wow. I'm getting like two inches off on Wednesday to clean okay. it up. Yeah. But, yeah. I respect the commitment. Mm-hmm. Really. It's, I mean, it's less of commitment and more just like, oh, I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. you're, well, you're one of the only people I know who could probably pull that off. <laughs> thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, uh, me and Leo. Being yeah, right. You and yeah, Eric Duray. Um, um, hopping back earlier in the episode, uh, Truman is interrogating Donna, and um, he's saying, you know, we already have the diary, uh, and she says, no, it's a secret diary. Um, which we knew, we kind of know there are two diaries, and he's, he kind of tells her that, like, because, you know, she and um, James had this whole plot before. Jacoby. Right. Jacoby is still hurt in the hospital? I think he, didn't they say he's, like, in Hawaii, Hawaii. or something? Yeah, yeah he, recuperating. But, yeah, so, uh, Truman kind of tells, like, Donna with this whole thing, it's like the boy who cried wolf, like, they're, they're not really it. sure whether to... Mm-hmm investigate this because it might just be these kids messing around but he said that he, he says that it'll send someone over to um harold's house i'm not sure if it's here i think it was earlier in the episode but there's this shot of harold who's like vigorously watering his plants yeah it's like, like frantically it's after they leave yeah, and yeah. he is just this, it was just kind of anachronistic yeah now we're going back but he's got this like sort of like um very old-fashioned looking water or you know plant feeder spray and he's just going around he's pumping he's pumping and then he just breaks down yeah and he screams it's like yeah. it's almost like werewolf like, oh like it, yeah, and like... it's a howl like his whole body's arched backwards right. oh man yeah, yeah it's crazy i'll hop back to where we are in the police station uh gordon cole is this the first time we've seen That's him in what person I was wondering i think so i know we've heard his voice yes but so this is david lynch's character mm-hmm. That he writes for himself. Great. Lovely entrance. It's awesome. Um, yeah. I can just imagine him having so much fun. I know. Um, coming up with this part for him. I know. Um, it's always interesting, like, the roles that directors pick for themselves. Like, uh, yeah. in uh, Incredibles, uh, what is it? Uh, John Lasseter uh, John is, is, is um, Etna. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, he does the voice for Etna. I actually had no idea uh-huh. about that. That it's, changes my entire life. It's so funny. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, I mean, this this is more like that. It's not like a, a cameo, mm-hmm. um, yeah. really, because he's in it for a good bit and will continue to be in it. Yeah, and it sounds like he's going to be, like, Albert's replacement for the good, well, he said mm-hmm. Albert's not going to be coming around for a while. 
Um, Which is very sweet. And like, unlike Albert, but like Cooper, he is equally as kind and supportive. You know, when, when an agent is doing I got to check in on them mm-hmm. and you will see what's going on. But the real reason he's there is to bring lab results from Albert. Yeah. So... I like how, like, throughout the show, we're just continually getting more information. Because, like, he, he shares information from the tracks, mm-hmm. which was a while ago. But it just, like, keeps on, like, finding out more and more stuff. Yeah, and there's so many threads that go into this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. But there... So there are kind of three plot lines that he updates us on. Um, he says that the... Where Cooper was shot, they found fibers from a vicuna coat, I think. Okay, so this is in the hotel before the giant comes and visits him in his coma. Yeah, I I don't really know what a vicuna coat is. So I'm assuming... I I kind of took this as, like, vicuna maybe being something expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Josie? You know, wealthy? I don't know. Um, Mr. Toja... Josie does like shopping. Toja Murrow? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the next thing is that the chemicals found in the one-armed man's syringe are, like, a combination they've never seen before. Yeah, weird um, mix. Makes yeah. sense. Right, and this this one we get a... This plot, we kind of get a better wrap-up a little, little bit later mm-hmm. in the episode, um, which is nice because it's a, it's a pretty direct um, address to, to this moment. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other thing is that they found papers from a diary uh, down the tracks from the train, the train scene. Down the tracks. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, and, like, where the blood-soaked towel was. So, mm-hmm. they know that it's, um, they know that there is probably another diary. Um, but how those pages got from the secret diary to oh. the tracks, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, yeah, so, so it's either there is another diary or it's taken from Harold's diary. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I can't see Harold ever relinquishing every any of his pages unless right. it was done without him knowing, which I also don't think would happen. Yeah. And, it, like, it, no one really seems to know about Harold, and it doesn't seem like too many people bother him. Right. Yeah, so. Right. I don't know. Um, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but I don't know how much you know about the, the Laura's, Laura Palmer's Secret Diary, the book that was released in between the two seasons. I don't know much. I, I, I might have mentioned this to you on the you show. You have, but, yeah. Yeah, but basically... Um, between the two seasons, um, Jennifer Lynch, who's David Lynch's daughter, was told to just write a book, um, like, from Laura's perspective. So it's, it includes a bunch of stuff from her growing up. Um, I've not gotten a chance to read it, but I would really, really like to. That'd be um, interesting. Yeah, and so it was released um, before season two. Did not reveal the killer, but Jennifer Lynch knew who the killer was. Oh, from okay. From the beginning. Uh, so if you read that, you're kind of like drawn towards a certain um a certain answer really yeah um i mean probably even though even though it never says specifically Uh who it is but yeah so it's that kind of gives some clues so people Hmm. so when this diary is is you know talked about here on the show people who've read it in real life kind of like know what's in it so I, i feel like that would be a cool way to like that would be a cool level to have while you're watching. This yeah, basically. yeah, that's a whole other level. It's a leg up on us for sure. Exactly for on me for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, so Gerard, um, Philip Gerard is brought in with Hawk. Mm-hmm. Um, they take him away right after they've mentioned the chemicals. Yep. So, um, and again, we'll see him later. Mm-hmm. A very, very cool scene. Great scene. Um, <laughs> after this, uh, back at the book house, uh, Audrey's still lying there and. Ben comes in 
And he stands over her in like a very weird way and kind of like bends down over her. And it's really weird. I'm wondering your thoughts on this scene. Yeah, it, like like the one with like the scene with Cooper and Ben. It's it's awkward. It's tense because Audrey knows what her what her dad is up to, mm-hmm. and she knows she know she knows his affiliations. You know, like with uh, One Eye Jack. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and this is actually the first time that she's seen him. Since, yeah, since their encounter. There. Yeah, and she's kind of hated him before, but this is like oh like. You put my life in danger, yeah. hate, and it's, and like she, and he's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take her home, and Cooper's like, oh no, she's like, yeah, we, let, I want to go home yeah, with Cooper. And he's like, oh, why don't we all go home together? Right. And it's like, oh well, that's an awkward car ride. Yeah, really. Is. <laughs> Which I mean, because then, um, then if he if he goes with them, then he knows Audrey can't reveal anything to Cooper. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She she can't tell anything about what happened. Yeah, but I mean, Ben in this, really in this whole episode is just. He's just, I mean, he's just so suspicious the whole time. Like, yeah, um, he's it, it seems like I'm not sure if you picked up on this, but it seems like they have a lot of like shadows on his face. Hmm. OK. Like in, in all the scenes, he's basically lit to look like, I don't know, to, to have some kind of darkness over his face. Yeah. It's, it's OK. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know his involvement with the fire. Um, right. Could be. I don't know. Dark stuff there. Yeah, so I mean, um, yeah. following this, we get a little snippet of a plot that's not really that relevant right now, but um, Nadine and Ed, Nadine still thinks that she's in high school, and her parents are in Europe. Yep, so they've got the house all to themselves. Right, and she's um, still super strong. Yeah. And she punches also, Ed in the stomach, like, yes. playfully. Uh, and he looks like he's in some real pain it, that, that it's, it's a great reaction it's like he's about she to throw socks up socks him in the stomach yeah. and he, and then she proceeds to just kiss him vigorously mm-hmm. um so ed is ed's dealing with that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so from here another um another interesting scene jonathan uh i think yeah his name is jonathan i think um josie's kind of like yeah assistant. he so he yeah. seems to have just like had sex with her or yeah. like raped her maybe yeah it, it, it's 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 gross yeah um he's, so, he's another character you could just tell he's like really skeevy yeah so he's from her past and he came to twin peaks to get her to get her to co- go back to hong kong yes so, um yeah there's still some unrevealed stuff with that yeah yeah, we're not really sure what's going yeah, on. But, this, but he gives her a one-way ticket to Hong Kong. Yes, and very he's intimidating her. He's got it like his hands around her neck, and it, oh, it's it's creepy. Really yeah. weird scene, but doesn't it, and it doesn't seem like this is the first time. Right, right. That this has happened. And he tells her to leave with him, or he's gonna kill Truman. Yeah. Which you know we don't want that. We don't want that. No. We we like Truman. Yes. We don't want him killed. Um, but yeah, the the scene. To me, this is another scene that seems just really over-the-top <clears throat> melodrama. Um, I think, like, the it, fact that he... I think it's two separate occasions that yes. he kind of comes up behind yes. her and puts his hand on her neck it's in, like, the same scene. pose. And she walks away. And then he comes up again and does, <laughs> does the exact same thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, they were, they were just told, like, oh, this this is a dramatic pose. You should do it. And then they were like, okay, guess we better do it as many times as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting, but speaking of melodrama, the king and queen of melodrama, oh. James Hurley 
and Maddie Ferguson. Oh, the scene on the dock. The scene on the dock. They kind of they ruminate on uh, their 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 <laughs> like very short lived thing, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Um, and it's a good scene because uh, Maddie like talks about her past and how when 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 her and Laura were little, it was like they couldn't people didn't know who was who. Like they mm-hmm. were so alike, and sometimes she felt like Laura. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think it's. I mean, it's obviously a very over-the-top cheesy scene because James is in it, but I, I love the stuff that Maddie oh, says yeah. about how when she came to Twin Peaks for Laura's funeral, she got to be Laura, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a very uh, important thing to to her character and to the character of Laura Palmer, even. I um, think so because, I mean, um, jumping a little bit ahead, but to the end of the scene, uh, end of the episode, we kind of find out that... Um, only certain people can see Bob. Yeah. It seems like, and I mean, the only people in the show that we've, who who have seen Bob are in the Palmer, Laura Palmer uh, family. Mm-hmm. So it's like once, and it, and one, and it's not that Madeline saw Bob before she came to Twin Peaks. Once she got to Twin Peaks and she said, I could start to be Laura Palmer. Then she like, she saw Bob on the couch. The mama seen Bob. You know, it's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. Right, because cause what the one-armed man says is, like, mm-hmm. only two, like, few people can see him, the gifted and, and the damned. Yeah. We're not sure which Maddie is. Yes. So Maddie's going to head back home. Oh, I wrote down another quote from James uh, that he says right here. He says, if you really love someone, it's like this bright light is shining on you all the time, and you're right in it, and it's great. And it's great. And it's great. And um, maybe just you and I was playing during this scene. I'm not sure. Maybe. I can't remember. Wouldn't be surprised. Um, so following this, Josie, uh, who's about to leave, I guess, back to Hong Kong, uh, she comes to meet with Ben, and she demands her money for, I think, for the mill. Yeah, a very different Josie from the scene before. Yeah. Uh, she's now kind of in power in this scene. Right. Because he, he kind of pulls out... Um, um, he threatens her, but then she mm-hmm. threatens him back because, like, they both got dirt on each other. Yeah. I guess there are – this is why Josie's character is kind of hard for me to grasp. Yeah. In some uh-huh. scenes, she seems to be completely powerless, and in other scenes, she's the most powerful person in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Ben seems to be always in power. Um, and when he's not, like, when, like, Catherine is blackmailing him or something, um, you know, it seems like he's – like that that's kind of an exception and that shows okay this is Catherine's power or like how um like like how Bobby is always you know kind of the cool guy and then like in the first you know in the first season when Leo wasn't a vegetable like when Leo would threaten him then we would see oh wow Leo is like the real you know the real bad guy yeah um yeah it's kind of she's kind of all over the place yeah but Josie I feel like this that kind of tactic never really works to her advantage Mm -hmm, Um, I agree She's just kind of it's it's rather than kind of lifting up someone else's character or like putting down someone else. It just really is. It's confusing where she lands. I agree. Um, but you know, she kind of threatens Ben and demands money, and it turns out they both fit, have a fair amount of dirt on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they're saying they could both get each other killed, and they'll be buried side by side. And that kind of thing. <sighs> it reminds me of the creepy blood pact that hank um yeah and josie have which by the way i don't think we see hank in this episode or hank and hank or and norma wait hank and the guy wait no no, no. oh wait. hank wait 
Wait. No, I think Hank oh, wait, and Josie no, no, no. did. Yeah, yeah, well, that's right. And then right. maybe Hank did it with someone else. Oh, well, it's it's or when uh, Josie's assistant or whatever attacks him. Right, he's a, he's right. a blood brother. Or yeah. But no, okay, I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, back to... Okay, so then we have this whole birthday party scene. Um, yep, we talked about that. And back at the police station, uh, we see Gordon Cole interacting with Cooper for the first time. Yeah. And he says, Cooper... Today, you remind me of a small Mexican chihuahua. And he pronounces it chihuahua. Yeah. Which is very funny. We never really learned the explanation no, of that. not at all. Because then later on, he asks him, but he just completely goes, he thinks he says something else. And yeah, yeah. They yeah. go into the room. Gordon gives his whole, you know, loud debriefing. Um, and Cooper says, now, Gordon, what the hell is this about a Mexican chihuahua? And there's no explanation. Um but in this scene, this is where we get to talk about a little bit more about Wyndham Earl. Yeah. Um, C- Gordon mentioned um, how Cooper had been injured in Pittsburgh. Um, I think we might have heard Pittsburgh talked about before. But really? Okay. Something apparently went wrong. Ooh. Um, it seems like. And maybe Gordon Cole, or maybe um, Wyndham Earl was part of that. But So he's just received a letter from Wyndham Earl. Um, and... Cooper opens it, and it's a chess move. Yeah. Oh, man. I kind of forgot about this. Yeah. yeah. So we don't really know anything about Wyndham Earl, but this sets up – I mean, this sets up something. So previously – okay, so where we had uh, heard something chess-related in this episode is with Josie and Ben at the end of that scene. She goes, your move. Um, Interesting. And, and I think that – what are the two scenes before this or so? So yeah, pretty close. Yeah, I think close. she says like well – and then he says well played. Yes, yeah, yeah. So we do get another chess instance. Yeah, it's huh. – I mean we've heard that he went insane. Is this some sort of connection to a previous case? Is it a um, – I mean did he go insane and because of something between them? You know what I mean? Like is there some uh, shared resentment there? You know what I mean? Did someone actually you – know, Cooper accidentally put him in danger. Was there backstabbing? Who knows? Right. And this would be interesting if he gets pulled into this. I mean, I don't know how other than he's involved in the Laura Palmer thing somehow. Maybe mm. this is a revenge thing. You know, I don't know. Well, Cooper does say this is, like, completely different. Um, mm-hmm. He says it's it's way different from um, the from, from this current case. Yeah. Um, he says, like, other than the fact that I was wounded, like, Twin Peaks and Pittsburgh have nothing in common. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It'll that'll be uh, interesting to see moving forward as we uh, as we get more details on that. Um, but from here, Leland comes back to work for Ben at the Great Northern. Yeah, because um, so he's back to one hundred ten percent. I think before he had tried to, yeah. but he he wasn't he was not well. Um, but he's back now with his silver foxy gray hair mm-hmm. um and he and he's and speaking of a silver fox he there's a literal stuffed oh that's fox funny. and he gets a little distracted Taxidermy. and starts petting it and he seems to be at 110 percent, but he's very easily distracted <laughs> however like when you get him going like he just kind of rattles off all these things that they should do and he's like all right we should investment here yeah, and yeah. plan here make a deal here and it's it was kind of funny, yeah. It's amazing, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I was like, oh, he's back in business, right? We really only have seen him in business in the very first scene of the of the series, or a very early scene before yeah. they get the phone call. Exactly, um, the the infamous phone call. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's cool to see him here, like back to work, like doing what he's apparently good at. Um, 
but still a little bit off. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't know if we'll get any more dancing soon. Ooh, yes. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, he's a great dancer. We all know. I I still hold my suspicions about Leland. Mm-hmm. I still I don't I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. All right. <laughs> but <I'll> yeah. See. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, they start talking about the Ghostwood deal. They and they seem glad to be back together. Um, so it's good to see them getting along, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. as much as they ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, uh, Harry, uh, Sheriff Truman. I don't know. I, I sometimes say Harry. I sometimes say Truman. <laughs> um, whatever. Uh, he goes to the Packard house and he sees Josie about to leave with. Um, Jonathan, who's also called Mr. Lee in this scene. Yeah, and I mean it's clear that she she was gonna leave without telling him. Mm-hmm. She was gonna get out of there, and he's I mean he's stunned. He's like, "What are you doing? Why yeah. didn't you tell me?" I love, and then we get, and then he says, "I love <sighs> you." And it's a pretty heartbreaking scene. I think yeah. he, I think it's really good acting. She's kind of starting to walk away, and he says it like two times. He's like, "No, I, like I love you." Yeah, and she just goes. That's totally heartbreaking. And I, I also I also like this scene because, like we were talking about before, we're like we can kind of see like the power dynamics. Um, Mister Lee, who has been like kind of in power in all the other scenes, mm-hmm. you see Truman goes like Mister Lee, like leave us alone. He says something along those lines, like get out. Like he like we need a moment mm-hmm. here, and he Mister Lee just leaves. And so, yeah. you know, like Harry is, you don't mess around with this guy. But I mean, she, she leaves. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so we're about to get to this last scene uh, at the sheriff station, but first there's something at the Great Northern. Um, ben and uh, Tojimura are talking. Tojimura is trying to move this deal along. Is this when he presents the deal to him? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, no. So this is at the restaurant with yeah, the singing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like a restaurant. It's like part of the Great Northern. Yeah. Okay. So Mr. Tojimura, um, clearly not his like his hair or his mustache <laughs> um is that like part of like his character in the show is it the character wearing a disguise or is it just comical <laughs> prosthetics and makeup by the by the, the you know the makeup crew <laughs> i yeah, don't know I, I was really really not sure where i landed on this the first time i watched the show because it, like it seems like it could be like a character in disguise but it also like with all the it's like we were talking about with the you know scenes in James and Donna and how maybe it's intentionally bad and maybe it's just bad and you know you never really know but yeah it's it's tough to figure out if it's yeah cuz in the beginning I was like oh this is someone we know in disguise but I like he's had too many scenes to to be someone that we know in disguise maybe it's someone in disguise certainly not someone we know um, so I, I don't know. It probably is going to turn out. I don't even know, <laughs> but yeah, this is a great scene cause they're trying to discuss the deal, but then Leland is singing. Yeah. And, I, and I, I love Tujimura <laughs> says at one point, Ben's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I forget exactly what, what Ben says, but Tojimura is like, um, I, I can handle a lot. My family was in Nagasaki. <laughs> he pulled, yeah. He and pulls like, the Nagasaki oh, card. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> He's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I know. Yeah. I love that part. But I love the interaction that that occurs between Leland and Ben, and it's and it's uh, you know Ben doing his like businessman thing like oh oh come on like, come on Leland oh, no, and then he eventually turns stick. into like oh I'm laughing I'm gonna like go along with this because the song is almost ending right I just love how he like does that but yeah. then we get the great scene with uh, Pete at the bar Pete and Totemora oh I love a this legendary scene. interaction oh my god um, yeah they're they're well Pete is singing a song or um, 
Leland and Ben yeah. are singing a song from The King and I. And Pete, who's sitting at the bar, turns around and goes, The King and I! <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> well, he's just like, the camera's just, you know, on Pete's back. We don't even know if it's yeah, Pete at this point. And just Mr. Tojimaru, and he goes, Woo! The King and I! <laughs> and he goes, do you like musicals? And Tojimaru goes, no. Very no-nonsense guy. Right? And, and Pete, is Pete turns back to the bar. Completely flustered. Yeah. And he goes, not even Fiddler on the Roof? I love the way Pete talks. Oh, my God. It's like so like, not even Fiddler on the Roof? Like It's like up and down. and You know what I mean? And his face is That's going everywhere. perfect over. impression. Well, and and uh, Mr. Tojimura is like, yeah. I don't like idealized fantasies or yeah. something but which is because i mean i mean my filler on the roof now is kind of small but like doesn't the show end with like a very brutal scene where it's, it's like oh like like it starts off at a certain point with happy and yeah. like um with i forget the guys that made me tevia yeah tevia yeah. um but then it ends with them all being exiled right it's or a pretty brutally a... realistic yeah show, like it like it, like like, it, like the whole point is that like it ends with, like the russians or whatever right like, they're, they're going away, which is interesting. But yeah. yeah. So, but it's, it's too um, it's too ridiculous yeah. for Tojimura. I mean, it is like a three-hour movie. Right, right. <laughs> and then Pete uh, offers Tojimura a sake, and Tojimura yeah. refuses. <laughs> and he says, "How about a how about a big glass of milk?" And then he turns around and he's got a glass of milk. Yeah, it's so, it's so funny. Oh, it's hilarious. Pete and Young going through a rough time. Uh, we still haven't seen Don. Wait, no, no, no. What's her name? Uh, um, Mar- uh, Catherine. Catherine, right? Yeah. Yes, we. She's presumed dead. Yeah. Hmm. But we never saw the body. Yeah, definitely not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm glad you know enough about Twin Peaks at this point that you can say pretty confidently that Catherine is. Not <laughs> no, Catherine dead. is not dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't feel bad uh, confirming that belief because it's it's pretty damn obvious yeah. <laughs> at this point. Um. So all right, we're at this final scene. Yep. In the sheriff station. Mm-hmm. They're interrogating Mike. What do you make of this whole scene? I think it's fantastic. Uh, the camera work is great. It starts off where at the other end of the conference mm-hmm. table. We see um, the officers and Mike seated in the chair. The camera like slowly moves forward over the table. The lighting is dark. We're finally going to see... We've seen Mike in anguish because he doesn't have his medication. But we've never seen Mike without his medication. Right. And he's twisting and he's squirming. He's going everywhere. And... I mean, I and even um, a Truman tells him like, give him his medicine. Like yeah. this guy's in, like we're, we might kill him. Yeah. But Gordon's like, we're never gonna see the other side. This is what we have to do. Yeah. And finally, like Mike, like tails back in his chair, and then he sits back up. Mm-hmm. And his demeanor and his physicality is completely different. And instantly, you're like, that's the Mike from the dream. I love the acting by Al Strobel. He's so good at giving. Even the it's vo- such a Jekyll and Hyde. The voice acting too. Yeah. Like and. Because, like, we first see Mike in a dream, or I guess we first see him in the first episode, mm-hmm. technically. Yeah. But then we see, like... Him That's in, true, right? Yeah, yeah, right? right? We yeah. see him in the dream, and I was like, wait, but, like, he's completely different. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? Is it just, like, a facade? But you realize, like, oh, it's, it, it, like, that's not actually him, because we yeah. find out he's inhabiting a host body. Right. Which is an interesting development, because now we know that Bob is also inhabiting a host <laughs> Yes. I, I'm not sure what happened with the sound quality there. If, if nothing happened, then ignore us. But ignore. It's, it's looking a little weird on, yeah. the, so, so on the screen. Philip Gerard is the name of the host. Mm-hmm. Mike is the name of the inhabiting spirit. Right. Um, 
and and like we yeah it's just and and he he turned like when he's when he's um philip gerard like he he's, he kind of looks like a little unsure of himself but like the face is mike is very like like solemn and very like I don't know he just looks very creepy like he is in control of the situation now you know what I mean yeah oh totally oh man um, and it's really interesting because if you remember when the giant was speaking to Cooper uh, beginning of the second season he says something like this is all I'm permitted to say he gives these cryptic clues and then so like there's some like greater force that's stopping him from saying more but Mike even says in this scene that the only reason he does anything is to stop Bob from killing. That's right. That's, uh, he says, like... Yeah, he, he says he just... Uh, he inhabits from time to time, is what he says, to stop Bob. Um, so, maybe he he probably wants to say more, but he's he's told that he, he has to be, like, very cryptic. I don't know. It, it's... A lot is revealed in, mm-hmm. in this part, because we get, like, all right, it's a host body... Yeah. Bob is also a host body. Um a creepy one at that. <laughs> and well Bob is so, Bob is not a a host body. Bob is the spirit. Okay, Bob Oh wait, that's okay. Yeah. So so what he's saying is basically that Bob has been inhabiting someone in Twin Peaks. Okay. So this this means that when you said when you said uh, whatever, however many times you have that Bob is the killer of Laura Palmer, you're technically correct. Mmm. Yes. But okay. this is a, there's another answer too, and this is what I loved about this because this, I was okay. like, because from the beginning, Bob says like, you know, he basically flat out tells you he killed Laura, and he's like, I will kill again. Um, and I was like, how could there be, you know, how could there be three seasons of this when? It's just he tells you right away, but yeah, it's interesting. It, it's complicated in this episode. Yeah, and and that's why only you know certain people have seen this. Mm-hmm. They can only sort of certain people can see the spirit, and that's actually okay. So that's actually the spirit. Yeah. So oh, he's he's inside someone in the show, and interesting. The last clue that Mike leaves us with is that Bob is in a large house made of wood. Filled with many rooms, each alike, but occupied by different souls night after night. And Cooper exclaims, the Great Northern. And that's the end of the episode. Thankfully, there's like ten major characters living in the Great Northern. Right, yeah. So, narrows it down, right? Cooper. Um, li- you know, staying there. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben Horn. Mm-hmm. Audrey Horn. Not, a, mm-hmm. not at the moment, but, you know, does. Right. Mr. Torjamora. Torjamora. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if we can include um, Mr. Palmer in that because he works there, but I don't know. Mm, yeah, I mean, the most obvious answer out of all those is Ben Horn because he owns it. You know what I mean? But I, I don't know. So I think but, with this... But, can... but, but, but it also resides, yeah. you know, in... Yeah, in right. you know, I mean, it doesn't have to... I mean, is it just the spirit that... Because he, then he says, like... Right, or, or, is it, or is it, like, the you know, building, Pete's the there right now, so yeah. can we include Pete? Or, yeah, or is it, is it just, like, the, it, it inhabits this haunted structure that when, like, a... Um, when a suitable host, you know, enters it, he will inhabit it. Because he says something about the rooms, right? Mm-hmm. Each room containing a different, different soul. A night. different soul. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what is... Oh, my God. So, 
I think with this we can move to the last question of every show, which is, at this point, who do you think killed Laura Palmer? So it's, you know, my answer was always Bob, for the most part. And it's, like you said, like, that's true. Mm-hmm. But there, there's another, there's some, you know, it, it, it's Bob under the guise of, you know, whoever. Um, I mean, maybe, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about Ben Horn in this episode and how he turns from comical, kind of goofy, stereotypical businessman to sleazy and dark. And we see, like, an undercurrent there that we kind of hadn't seen before. So I'm going to go with Ben Horn in this episode um, because, like, there, um, there wasn't really a focus on Mr. Palmer at all in this episode while Ben Horn was featured much more in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it... it it's interesting. So he inhabits, uh, you know, a body. Does he inhabit it for like, for a long time, for the entire entirety of the host's life? You know what I mean? Like, if if it wasn't that, if it was just for like a specific time period, or like, or who's a character who has like a specific, you know, personality change? Right. You know what I mean? Who's maybe after the murder has become something different? But then when you look at Ben Horn, it's like Ben Horn has kind of stayed the same throughout the entire show. Yeah. Um. It seems like he's always, and, and I mean, it seems like Audrey can attest too. This guy has always not been great. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Well, uh, okay, so are we uh, are, are we going right through to the next episode right now? What do you mean? I mean, I mean, as far as us here right now, uh, like today. Like, are we going? Do you want to watch the next yeah, one? I would love to watch it? the next one. All right, we're gonna watch the next one. The great news, Matt, is that. You will not have to wait long at all to find out who Laura's killer is. Oh. Because it will be revealed in the next episode. Oh my Lonely goodness. Souls. Oh right. my goodness. I have long touted episodes 7, 8, and 9 of season 2 uh, as being some of the greatest episodes of television. Some of the greatest just minutes of, of cinema. I would call it cinema. Mm-hmm. That have ever been created. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I am so happy that I got to reveal that right now. Because... Oh. In mere minutes, we are going to begin watching uh, episode seven of season two, Lonely Souls. And during this episode, the killer of Laura Palmer will be revealed. Oh my goodness. Basically, how we do this when we do, um, you know, when we do like two episodes at a time. So we'll we'll kind of watch it, watch an episode by ourselves. Uh, that's what we did with this one. Come together, record our episode, then watch the next one together, um, and then record that. So... Uh, this one, episode seven, we'll be watching together. Episode eight, we'll probably watch apart. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you want to just go into the wee hours of the morning and um, finish this marathon. Fine, right sir. Before. I have nothing tomorrow. We may go <laughs> oh, as God. long as you so please. Oh, no. I should, I should <laughs> this is dangerous. This. I should not have to do it. Sir, this is break. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing. Yeah, that's right. No, we'll probably watch eight apart, I think. We should, I think we should limit ourselves. Um. And then we'll come back and watch nine together. Yes. So I am very excited for this. Um, this is kind of what it's all been leading to. Damn. I mean, and, and you have said that season two drags on. So, I mean, it, this is maybe the peak reveal and then we'll, yeah. Yeah. Dang. I mean, there there are multiple peaks in the show. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I'm sure this is not the only surprising reveal that will come out of season two. Oh, um, but, oh, God, I'm excited. Yeah. Let's see if any of my guesses have been right. Yeah, I mean, you've, <laughs> even guessed, though, even you've the, guessed enough. That even, yeah. You'd think one, at least one. Yeah, movie. hopefully. Did you say, I, I think you, you might have said Norma at some point. Um, 
Maybe. Or maybe you said Shelly. I'm not sure. Some, something along there, those there lines. There was something that was a little out there. I've gone um, with some out there ones. I think it's been Bob, Mr. Palmer, the, the Palmer. Palmer. <laughs> Pop. Palmer. <laughs> Pop. Uh, Dad. <laughs> ben Daddy. Horn. Yeah, I think yeah. I think oh, I've said Leo in the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm ready to dig in. So, all right, here we go. I guess we'll, we'll be uh, starting that in a few minutes. And um, you guys will have to wait. Um, about another week to uh, hear our thoughts on it, but yeah, very sad news. Actually, yeah, no, no, no. let's let's wait to release it. I was gonna say maybe we could do it as like a double feature, but <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to wait another yeah. week. Um, but you know, in the meantime, happy holidays, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're I'm I'm really excited to be back. Um, oh God, I am. Where it's it's much easier to record podcast when we're all in the same place yeah i'm sure we'll be getting out some ctps it will happen it will happen um if you're if you're really just missing the twisted mug gang um definitely check out some plethora um, of cinema talk movie movie journals Mm -hmm. um those have been really good i I listened to a few of them again vehemently disagreed with matt on um the (sighs) joker movie Yeah, our, our our at college content. That's we we may get into a more in depth discussion of that, which will include uh, Brendan and myself. But um, yeah, also just if you haven't listened to our older stuff, you can go back and listen. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can go back and listen to all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got we've got some good content. Um, and yeah, hopefully a lot more to come. So. I guess with that, I'm Logan. I'm Matthew. And we will see you next time. All right. Farewell. <laughs>